Hi, everybody. Last Tuesday, we shared the conversation we recorded a few weeks ago with New York designer Keita Turner. In light of all the protests and marches around the nation calling for justice, equality, and an end to racism, we've taken a pause in our social media posting, so we're re-releasing Keita's episode this week. We hope you'll listen to it and that you'll follow Keita. We loved chatting with her a few weeks ago about her transition from the fashion to the design world, her thoughts on art, and mixing styles in your home. We're also adding an extra segment at the end of the show where we talk about her bespoke pillow collection, Olivia Neva. We'd also like to say that we're going to do a better job of giving voice to the many diverse faces in the design community. That's what we all love about design. We each have our own voices, styles, and interpretations of what a space and a home can be. That's what makes the design world so exciting and surprising, and we want to make sure that the guests we have here on the show represent that. So to all of our listeners, who do you want to hear from? Email us any suggestions, and or you can DM us, of course, and um, share with us the many talents that you think we can learn from and be inspired by. Okay, let's get to the show. Ladies, should we do some trials and triumphs? Yeah, always. I love oh. seeing you guys. Hi. Hi. All right, let's, let's talk it out. What's going on? <laughs> okay, I have something. Okay. I have something. It's been a while <laughs> since I've had anything real, but um, I told y'all about the painting Will was doing for me. Yes. And it's finished. And that's that's exciting. I saw it on your Instagram. It looks so good in your dining room. The yellow um, one, right? Yes, it's yellow. Yes. And I'm obsessed. It's like a little um, bit of ray of sunshine in our dining That's room. Awesome. And I love it. We um, got a floating frame for it. Got it all. Um, Where did you find a floating frame? Did you okay. just find that online? Wow. Guys, I ordered it at pictureframes.com. Where else? <laughs> So, is it called pictureframes.com? Literally pictureframes.com. Okay, okay so I have to they type are, that into my notes. <laughs> it was so easy. And quite frankly, I ordered it thinking, like, there's no way this is going to actually fit. But um, for a floating frame, so it's a gallery wrapped canvas, but we ordered a floating frame. So it has about a half inch space in between the edge of the frame and the um, edge of the canvas. And I really thought for sure it wasn't going to fit and would have all sorts of problems, but I was going to do it anyway. And it fit absolutely perfectly. So when you go in there, you just put in the size of your frame and, um, or I'm sorry, the size of your canvas. And it's meant to fit exactly around just a stocked canvas. Um, I will say that it was not crazy cheap. The -hmm. shipping was more than the actual, frame sure. but, um well the art was free <laughs> that's yeah, true art, well okay yeah yes you you think that but it was probably will said it was probably two hundred dollars just in paint Our supplies and your canvas isn't free yeah the canvas was like seventy dollars so mm-hmm. it wasn't the world's most affordable option but it's 48 inches so i mean anyways i'm very pleased with how it turned out Awesome. So, Great. yes, and I was a little nervous about the yellow, but I love the yellow. So that that is my I um, love yellow. Yeah, your earphones are yellow, Taryn. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Who um, knew? So yeah, that was that's my triumph, and then my trial is that just that I don't have an office, and as we our office Ballard 
company talk today about how we definitely won't be going back until September at the earliest. earliest. Oh, maybe January. Yes. So I immediately after reading that email told Will, so buddy, we have to get hopping on our basement project so I can have Uh it off because right now I've just been carting my my laptop around from room to room and that is getting real old. So that is my, (laughs) my struggle. Well, you guys, today when we got that announcement, I as well was like, do I really want to work at the dining room table for six months? Do I need to bring a desk in here? Where would I put it? So I'm trying to kind of rethink. It is time. Right. The front rooms of my house, I have a living room, a dining room and a sunroom. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we use them. We use the dining room for sure to eat, right? So I've yes. picked I've picked the one room we use, and I put my office in there. I'm like, well, why don't I move mm-hmm. my office maybe to the I think living the sun room? room. Sun I think room, right? Sun room. But there, it's That's- full. It's got a sofa. I'd have to move the sofa out. Dude, September. That's true. I, I hear you. It's sucks to move a sofa, but September. You might as well set up a cute little office in that sunroom and make yourself the happiest little worker bee. Taryn, let me ask you this. Are consoles the same height as a desk? Because I have a couple consoles in my house. Consoles vary in height, where a desk won't vary in height. Okay. So what's my ideal height I should be looking for? um, 29 and a half to 30. Okay. I'll go around and measure things in my house. You're taller, so you're probably okay with with the 30, but that's as high as you want to go for a working space. Yeah. All right. I'm going to well, rethink my space. Karen, it's time. I think that's How about your guest bedroom? My back bedroom? Guest bedroom. Guest bedroom? Well, here's the deal, you guys. I really like facing the street. I like seeing the activity of everyone walking. The light mm-hmm. is beautiful in the front of the house. And these rooms are empty. So I don't want to go put myself in a bedroom if I don't have to. You no, know? Sure. Um, so. Especially how much is the sunroom used? I mean, I know... It's hardly ever used. It used to be the teenage video game room, but now Jacob plays video games in his room. Yeah, I think that is a qualified, perfect spot other than that sofa. If that's your biggest issue, I think it's time, Karen. And and think about it. You get to redecorate. (laughs) Does Does Jacob need a sofa in his bedroom? You know, that's an interesting idea, Caroline. I bet I could figure out how to put this sofa in one of the, like we have a big guest room upstairs. It's it's a it's sort of a master size. Um, I bet I could put it in there. Yeah, that's yeah. actually what I meant when I said yeah. you should use the guest room as your office. Yeah, but I understand but what you're saying about the rooms. I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking the downstairs guest room that's little. Girl, you can have such a cute office. I already know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can close the door. Doors well, even nice. if I end up using my fold up party table as my desk. Couldn't I Absolutely. use that, Taryn, right? Yeah. I, have a, I have a white linen tablecloth. I can put that on top of there and Perfect. make that my desk. Done. Yes. Mm-hmm. Done. I have been trying to keep fresh flowers um, from outside, just in my space, mm-hmm. and a little candle that I'm lighting in the day. Um, Good for you. I think that I stuff like- sounds like it's so lame, but then it actually really makes me feel nice. The smell is good. Yeah. <sighs> I'm just trying not to drink during the day, so I'm wildly <laughs> impressed by your flowers. <laughs> <laughs> they don't look good. It just makes me feel good. Hey, <laughs> I put okay. a bottle of wine on the desk and wait for five o'clock sharp. <laughs> just waiting. <laughs> I start pouring at night, four night. Wait, I can't even say it. Four fifty nine. 
How many have you had already, Taryn? Yeah. You can't even tell. I moved on to tea to tell you how many I've had. <laughs> well, it's 8.45 at night, so you're allowed to have had a glass of wine. Or two or three. Or two or three. Or a bottle. <laughs> so are those your trials and triumphs, Karen? Oh, I don't know. Was that even my turn? <laughs> oh. You know I, how no. I like to talk a lot. No. I think that was a trial that we figured out. So really... I wanted to talk, I have a long list, but this is a fun one that I like. So Taryn gave us all, um, not everyone, just the people that she really loves, these beautiful mm-hmm. plants for Christmas with like these little hand watercolored gift tags. I've already talked about this. No, but I want to hear what you have to say. So no. um, I, too, I, I, love, I don't remember this. I love plants in my house, um, but to me, they have to have a very specific spot. Like they need to, I just don't want a big cluster of plant because it starts feeling junky to me I like to kind of think of them more as a a little sculpture or something I don't know so I had to find just the right spot for my plant from Taryn and I found it so it's been there for months it hasn't been since December like wandering around my house um I put it in this beautiful Bunny Williams white cash bow. I didn't plant it in the cash bow. I kept it in the pot tear and gave it to me because I had drainage in that. But I just set it in the white cash bow and then I put it in my guest room shower. It mm. looks so cute. So it gets light in the window, but it adds this little bit of life and energy in the corner of the shower. It's so cute. So do, how do you remember to water it? Well, once a week, I water all my plants. So either on okay. Saturday or Sunday Just morning. Just your rotation. Mm-hmm, I, do, I go around the whole house and I do all my plants. Okay. Got it. Because mm-hmm. see, yeah. that's that's the thing where I have learned about my own houseplant issues and also Taryn's houseplant, which is still miraculously alive and it looks <laughs> amazing. Um, but I forget to water them. <laughs> so it has to be somewhere super visible. Otherwise, it will die. Yeah. So. I have to have a very set time. And on the weekends I get up by myself. No one gets up. I'm up drinking coffee and reading the paper, whatever. And so I'll do that in my morning routine. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, yes. Well that plant and I don't, I should know what it is, but um, I don't, but yeah, I just repotted mine too. Oh, you repotted well, not repotted. It. Well, not repotted. No, you're right. Just like put it in a new container. Ah, um, what room is it in? It's in like my living dining room area mm-hmm. and it just gets good light and it yeah. is very visible. And so when it starts to look a little sad, I just put some ice cubes in it and it perks right up. Well, there you go. And, yeah. And I am always a, a black thumb typically when it comes to houseplants. So oh, I'm really shocked that this is still alive. <laughs> well, maybe well, it doesn't like know, ice cubes. <laughs> No, you know, I think actually just this, our new house in general has been, is much better for houseplants. Mm-hmm. Things just, well, I think it's just the light is amazing in that house. You have those yeah. giant windows everywhere. Yeah. I mean. So it makes all the difference. Taryn, do you kill all your plants? Um, I did for a few years and I've gotten <laughs> kind of lucky recently. I don't know sure. if they, they've heard of the past plants or. <laughs> just be forewarned. <laughs> um, there's definitely always a little killing, but then there's sometimes where they come back and you're like, God, I'm killing this, but not actually killing it. You got what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We get it. I have my fiddle leaf that I've had for a year and a half, maybe. Mm-hmm. I have this one. 
still still holding on. It's down to like the last little chunk of it, but that part's been thriving for a little while. So I'm like, you know what? Go you plant. So I think this is the one in Elliot's room. It was. That was a long saga that you all were part of. And this, yes. and then I got this one. The dirt. <laughs> then I got this one at IKEA like years ago, and it's just like a bush one. It's like a shorter one, but I have it up on a little pedestal. But it's a fiddle leaf, so it has the big, pretty leaves. But I don't know. I've always been afraid okay. to buy one of those because they're, they're expensive, very expensive, and then you kill them. So, well, IKEA yeah. had the bush ones for like thirty bucks. So oh, they there were you like, go. Nice. They were like, you know, it's not. Nothing, but it's still like if I killed this, well, it's not a hundred and thirty. Yeah, I already killed the hundred and thirty. <laughs> well, you guys, yeah. okay, let me tell you real quick about my staghorn ferns. I moved them because I was killing them inside, so I had them in my bathroom. I was, I thought the humidity and everything would be nice. They weren't getting enough light, so I've moved them to a north-facing wall right outside my back door. It's sort of sheltered. It's never in full sun. They are in love. In you found club. their spot. I found That's their good. spot, so they're happy. Uh, I soak them once a week in the sink, um, get them all soppy, and then I hang them back up and ignore them for a week. Wow. So That's they're, impressive. They're happy. I'm good. Yeah. I'm so glad. I'm pretty, pretty proud. <laughs> <laughs> Taryn, what about you? What are um, your trials and triumphs? Guys, my trials list continues to get longer, so... <laughs> buckle up um <laughs> trial this week was the water heater duck oh no can we burn your house down burn this yeah um burning down the house i have saying that before um oh the water oh, got much hotter in our shower like i was like david did you turn the water like the pressure like the temperature up and he was like no and I was like that's weird and it was like the next day or two or something one of us finally went in the basement and he's like oh it's like vomiting water all over the floor so it was like spewing water which you know my basement I love I love that place (laughs) um so I was like cool 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 and then of course with it being the time of COVID it was also like great how am I going to handle all this so found a plumber, found the cheapest water heater I could find, the smallest one. I literally was like, this water heater needs to last like a year. You could have taken it to your new house. That's what they said, but I don't know what we're putting in there. What if we don't do tankless? What if we go tankless? I don't know what I'm doing, and I don't want this water heater to define my decision. So I said... What a commitment. So I said, I'm going to just... find me. Yeah, so I threw money at it because what I paid the plumber plus the heater, which sucks, but um, it's worth it for a hot shower. So I literally, was yeah, like, I would yes, pay that like, again. Come again. on, who's showering these days anyway? <laughs> <laughs> really? So comically, clearly sh- not Karen. I was going to say comically, I shower more and David finds Same. it so funny. He's like, are you taking your third shower of the day? And I was like, there's not a like, I can shower as many times as I want. Wait, why are you showering so much? I'm just curious. Are you running and kids yeah. running around outside? It's hot. Oh, okay. there's lots. Okay. Of, I'll I'll exercise and or like Caroline said, I'll be outside all day, like, and I'll be covered in dirt from somebody playing in dirt, and then I'm covered in dirt. So that might be a second time, and then you know the third time might just be for me drinking in the shower alone. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> alone time. Okay, I get it. Dude. No, yeah. I, it's true. Sometimes I'm like, well, you got to watch Blair because I'm going to go shower and I really don't need a shower. I'm just like, I just want 
to be alone with the door closed. See? For just, you know, that a few minutes. That is good, you guys. Oh, I, I totally <laughs> forgot about how so that goes. different. It is. Uh, yes. Our lives are very different. Well, yes. And mm. the, the shower <laughs> makes a lot of noise. So if there's lots of screaming, banging, crying because you, you disappear, you can't hear it. So it's a very peaceful peaceful time. Um, so that was my trial, which we have, again, like you said, because we're going to burn burn <laughs> this house down, was really great to buy a new water heater. Um, I'm shocked David didn't tell me we could do without it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way the house is. That's his favorite. Our lights just flicker now. That's how it but is. The water heater just spouts water all the time. It's fine. Leave it. We'll boil it. <laughs> Gosh. Um, and then my triumph is very small, but all of you who deal with this right now in this stage you're in will be very happy. I tell you this, but I was, I follow like house beautiful or good housekeeping. One of them, which is unfortunate that I can't give them credit right now, but one of them on Instagram gave some small tip that was like, put a command hook for those darn baby bibs that just like, we have the silicone bib that goes on. That's great. Cause it washes off, but then it like, it just sits on the drying rack and I can't, it's just, again, visual clutter and everything else right now that you're just like, bring peace. And someone's like, yeah, just put a command hook on the back of one of your like cabinet doors and hang oh, it up. inside. Yes. I did it. And it makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like, again, the smallest thing, but anyone else is dealing with this that. darn bib everywhere. And then you finally just like, it's. It's behind a cabinet door. It's fantastic. So It's amazing, out of sight, out of mind, how effective that truly is. Even when I'm sitting mm-hmm. working at my laptop, I put I have a little pencil case that has, I don't know, lip gloss and earbuds and all my pens. I put mm-hmm. it behind my laptop so I can't see it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I push everything back behind it so it looks like I have a super clear mm-hmm. work area. That's good. Um, it's it's amazing, like what what a peaceful kind of plateau does mm-hmm. for the eye. And the fact yeah. that that was my my triumph this week shows <laughs> That's that like pretty lame. <laughs> yeah, our our lives are a lot smaller these days and a little less crazy, mm-hmm. which is great. And things like the bib was driving me nuts. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I thought uh-huh. you were going to say put it um, put the command hook in the sink. Why? Because Is I always deep enough, you think, in the sink? Uh, well, to dry it, because I always feel like the because of the silicone, like it's always gets like a little pool of water. But I just do the shake and hang it up. No, I don't want anything in my sink. What about just hanging it over your faucet? I know you have to look at it, and that's gross. I do that at yeah. first, and then I tuck it away. Mm-hmm. Also, as we've discussed before. The baby bibs, the silicone baby bibs, they're never, you know, a nice pastel pink. No, no, no. They're neon green. Cobalt blue. Yeah. They're they're really obnoxious colors. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you don't want to look at it. (laughs) They do this to you. I have another plant triumph. Ooh. Shoot, hit us with it. Guys, I am kicking it out of the park with plants. Well, I decided why am I struggling so hard to try to grow some sort of like wild looking rosemary topiaries. I wanted them out on my um, table, out on my deck, which gets a lot of sun and and the pots are small. So it's hard to keep that stuff wet enough to keep the stuff from Mm. dying. So I bought two fake ones off of Etsy. Um, hello. I have never been more brilliant. Y'all, they look so good. They were maybe 20 bucks or something. 
I'm so pleased. They look so real. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. I'm pretty pumped. Good. I mean, unless you touch it. If you touch it, you know. They're plastic. (laughs) But they're outside. They have to be plastic. You know, you can't have like a silk topiary outside. So anyway. (laughs) Right, 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 right. I'm oh, cool. so good much choice. off my list this week. This is good. You're going to have well, to um, send us a link. Okay. She's still going with the One arms, more too. thing, ladies. One Keep more going. thing. All right. This okay. is, a, this is a, a, a public service announcement for everyone. Are you following on Instagram hot dudes reading? No. No, but I need to be. Yes, mm. you do. It's candid shots that whoever owns this account takes of hot guys reading books. It is <gasps> the cutest... <laughs> account hot dudes reading doing get it on now. it mm-hmm. are you hoping that your son will be on it um or my because it's all in new york oh, it yeah. is yes no i assume it would be my son but um i don't know if he even knows how to read so there's that <laughs> <laughs> but you're welcome oh. america <laughs> that's awesome it's a real good i like account. it mm-hmm. okay i don't okay. mind this at all <laughs> <laughs> this is oh and they're all paperback too look at you two you're so happy love it it's the simple things these days mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh there's my husband how did he show up here <laughs> what happened oh. oh my gosh all right well this is fun. okay let's get to our guests yes <laughs> i'm excited about our guests So our guest today is Keita Turner. She's an interior designer in New York, and she's been featured in Elle Decor, um, House Beautiful, New York Cottage in the Gardens, many more. And we are we planned to record with you when we had planned a trip to New York, um, which we were going to do back in March. But of course, that didn't happen with everything. So we're just doing it tonight virtually. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, and thank you for having me. Yeah, we're we're thrilled. So, well, the, the fun part about our sofas. Yes, I was gonna say the fun part about that is I can see her like bins of swatches behind yeah. her, which yeah. is even the best. <laughs> On your throw pillows, so oh, no, cute. Wait, wait, what can you see? Um, so okay, let's start at the beginning. So, how did you even end up in New York? Let's start oh, there. Well, I okay. So originally, I am from you know I was born in Houston and I was uh, raised in St. Louis. So I'm a Southern Midwestern girl. And then I went to school in Rhode Island uh, for art and design. I, you know, I originally was a fashion designer. So I moved to New York. Now, I always wanted to be in New York. Uh, but back then, my dad was like, no way. <laughs> he was like, this it. no way. You're not going to be in Brooklyn or Manhattan. So in, in my mind, I just always wanted to be here. And it's uh, funny. I... Um, just a quick story. I went to a high school reunion a few years ago and they had our, you know, I guess when you graduate, you write out like what your wishes or your dreams are. Oh my gosh. So mine, the funny thing is mine was one of, you know, I wanted to live in New York city and I was going to be a successful designer. I didn't know anything about interior design at the time, but I was going to be a successful designer and own a condo. Wow. No, oh my like, gosh. I was like, Oh my God. And then, my next, and then my next thought was, I should have dreamed 
bigger. <laughs> uh, that's just saying one. But it's can, cra- yeah, now you can dream bigger. Now I can dream bigger. But it's crazy because I think you really, we, you know, manifesting and putting those thoughts out, you know, really does happen. So we have to be very careful of um, our thoughts and, and what we bring, you know, to the forefront or fruition. So right. um, tell us your, your yeah, next year so, of dreams. So, yeah. So I ended up in New York. I know. Right? <laughs> I ended up in New York. Um, I was a fashion designer first for maybe about nine, 10 years. And I worked for various companies, a lot of corporate companies. So I, I kind of come from the corporate design world, not so much of the um, Parisian runways or Seventh um, Avenue, but um, I worked for some big names like like back in the day, I'm going to age myself, but I worked for like Claiborne and I worked for uh, Federated uh, Department Stores, which owns Macy's and Bloomingdale's. And I also worked for the Gap, um, which owned, you know, Old Navy and, and Gap. So that was my, um, that was my world of fashion. So I, mm-hmm. at one point I got, and I was just became very tired of the cyclical nature. It was the same thing, season in, season out. And, you know, when you're designing kind of mass market clothing, um, I just got very bored and, and tired of that aspect. So it seems high pressure. Was it, it high was pressure? a lot. And I, I think it's more so because with, I think fashion, you've heard that term fast fashion. Yeah. It's gotten faster. Sure. So you can mm-hmm. imagine, especially in the female junior women's um, area of it, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It can be yeah. very stressful and very cutthroat. And I mean, just for me, it just was, wasn't inspiring anymore. And I, you know, so I, my mother, who happens to be a fine artist and painter, she also delved into the interior design world. And so I was, you know, was like, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, this seems, you know, fascinating. I want to do it. So I actually started to, I planned my exit, started taking classes while I was still in fashion. And then once I left fashion, I ended up, I worked for my mother on some projects and, you know, maybe for a year or two. And then I decided to just go out on my own. And after, so I left my company, but I still freelanced in fashion, you know, until I had enough jobs and, and work to sustain myself. You're so prudent. <laughs> I had no choice. Uh-huh. I, had, I had like rent and you gotta pay the bills. Yeah. Gotta pay the bills. So, and you know, it's, it's a little frightening, you know, I, mm-hmm. I actually think that Freelance, because I freelance, in fact, you know, after I left, I freelance. And I think that really helped give me the uh, the confidence that I could work for myself and, and go it alone. Um, and so I have been going alone for quite some, <laughs> a few years now, um, which, you know, has its ups and downs. But at the end of the day, it's, it's totally um, satisfying. So, um so you're more inspired. I'm more inspired. And I like, you know, the clients that it's funny, the first client I ever got, she came to, now I wasn't, I was still in fashion. I had a party. I was in my twenties, had a party at my apartment with a couple of girlfriends. And the, uh, that was the last time I had a party like that. Cause the party, the, the house <laughs> was full of 20 somethings. Like everybody mm-hmm. was in every bedroom, every, uh, the bathroom, it was just packed. 
And there was a young lady that walked in and she looked around and she, she was like, whoa, you live like this? And I said, like, yeah. So I think, I think because in your 20s, you, you know, people were still living almost like it wasn't that far off from living like in our dormitory. Right. Like hand-me-downs, you yeah, know. Like, yeah, and I, no, I still had hand-me-downs, but it was the way I put mm-hmm. it together. Um, and some of them were, you know, it was vintage Danish, um, Danish modern. You know, I had I custom-made a, a, a custom-designed a cocktail table. Um, I had pieces from my grandparents, pieces from my parents. Um, but it was just put together in a very sophisticated way. And she, this young lady was like, one day I'm going to hire you. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, right. Because I wasn't, I was a fashion designer. I wasn't even doing Mm -hmm. that. But I think maybe two years to that day, she called me and I worked on, and she, I didn't tell them that they were my first client, (laughs) 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 but yeah, I worked on, um, it's on my website. So it's Harlem Vintage was, it was actually a commercial project at that too. So um, so if, if anything gets your feet wet and, you know, prepares you, it's, it's something like that. So, wow. That's awesome. That's yeah, really you never cool. know what your next, you know, kegger you will really, bring. You really don't. You really <laughs> don't. And sometimes you just have to step outside of your comfort zone. Like I said, even doing this, uh podcast or you know webinar as a podcast that you know I get a little nervous because you're you know it's going to be broadcast (laughs) (laughs) and you're right it's different it's something we haven't done before it's Mm -hmm. something and so I think you know my motto is now is you know I I can't be afraid to just do things that frighten me Mm -hmm. because that's Mm -hmm. the only way I think you can you can move forward so yeah I love it. So do you think you and your, you got your style from your mother or do you think your kind of perspective on interior designs is different? There, it's, there's some similarities, but there's some things that are different. Uh, I, well, I know, like I noticed with my mother, she like started out in her youth. She was very modern and into very um, uh, Danish modern and Scandinavian design, but now her home is a mix of uh she likes country and she likes rustic. And uh, um, so my, my mom's from Georgia. So she's like, ah. she's kind of gone back to her roots, which she just loves. She loves a Southern kind of um, rustic country interior. And I love that too. Don't get me wrong. But um, I may be a little bit more, tra- I mean, she's transitional as well, but I'm, I'm probably a little bit more transitional mix of modern and a mix of probably traditional cleaner lines. Um, and I love like French modern and I do love mid-century uh, still. So I, and I, and I like mixing in some of those rustic elements, but um, probably not as much as she does, you know, maybe. If you were going to, so if you were going to redo your mom's house, right? So she's got a now, a uh, more traditional kind of rustic point of view. And you're coming from a more, I would think, clean lined aesthetic, right? So if someone has that and they do want to do an update, 
maybe a little more clean line. How would you go into your mom's house and do that? What would you do? What would I do? Yeah. Well, I know you, one thing. Fix it? I would. <laughs> to your eye. Well, I know one thing. I would. There's like, I, I even asked her, I said, I would like um, raise the ceilings in her, the great room, the room, it's, it's a, it, the room is attached to the kitchen. So it's like the great room, family room is connected to the kitchen, but it's, um, they live in a ranch style home, but it's, I, I think that it would be really awesome to raise those, the ceilings just to bring more height. Um, I would probably also, I mean, I love what she's done. I mean, honestly, like I probably would bring in, like my mom likes shag rugs. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Not, look, I own I, one, y'all. Do you I own own a shag I, rug? I'm not okay. a, like, I know she's probably going to kill, okay. yeah, kill me when she mm-hmm. hears this. Um, <laughs> they're, they're like this indulgence. I don't know. It's, I, it's, yeah. It's I said, how do you vacuum that? You know, I, she likes, like, she has <laughs> one where it's, when I, I say shag, do do it? like super, super chunky, like, yeah, super chunky. Yeah, but thick. Like a I, thick shag. It's a yes. thick shag, but I would probably yeah. do something maybe a little bit more, um, Silky, like maybe a, a mix of wool and silk that feels like, you know, kind of. So like, you would add a little sort of sleek in a little bit more to, to kind of offset the rusting. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, and I don't give it a want little edge. her to think that you know I'm because she's like, for instance, she don't has, tell her you're talking about her. Well, it's probably going to be on <laughs> unless, unless, you're, unless you're cutting Wait this out and she's going to hear it. And I know I'm going to get it. Um, mm-hmm. but like she, so in her in her family room, she has what most people would deem as outdoor furniture <laughs> oh like what like wicker so it's kind of wicker or jute or like a sisal um maybe it's a jute I, I don't know it's like a it's a woven cellulose mm-hmm. kind of bat um is it material well okay so that's the frame but then she has okay. like cushions but it's it's outdoor furniture it looks like outdoor <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm following you. My yeah, mom, I am too. My mom has like a, it, uh, it's kind of like a pier one type of situation where it's like a wicker yeah, armchair wicker with a, yeah. <laughs> yes. We grew up with that, that in the living room, a wicker. Yeah. Like, yeah. We had white That's wicker. It's very Southern. Yeah. It's very, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, her coffee table has, it's the same material and then the, uh-huh. and then, and then in the, in the, around the kitchen um, island, she does have like, I think they may be leather, but it has that kind of, um, it's not wicker, but it's like bamboo legs. And so she's very rustic, very rustic. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I might mix it up a little bit. So you'd, uh, yeah, you throw in a few things or a little sleeker. I, I just mix it. Like, I think that my aesthetic, when I get a ch- like if I was doing a show house or doing my own space or, you know, just the way I want to do it. I like to mix the rustic. I like to mix that. Like, like, give me that old farmhouse credenza, but then I'd like to mix it with a very modern uh, TV cabinet or something that looks like it would be like super slick or super Italian. Um, but then I want to mix it with, um, I don't know, mix it with the the, the most modernist uh, like lounge chair that's you know from the renowned designer, um, and mix with something plush and luxurious with like rounded edges. So I'm I just I want to mix it 
all. But I, th- I think you can do that. I mean, you connect it through whether it be a color story or, it, it, you know, the architecture has a lot to do with um, uh, will dictate some of the, the furnishings. Uh, but but I don't see anything wrong with mixing. I mean, now there's certain styles that don't go <laughs> well together, but I think a lo- anything maybe from the mid the last century and even maybe from the the 19 or 1800s can work in the same same spot. How do, okay, let me ask you this. I have no idea what's from any century when I'm looking at it, right? Because I'm not educated like you are. But is there a way for a novice like me to look at things and understand if they work together, if they don't work together? Can I, can I feel their vibe of them or look at the line of them? Or how do I know kind of the things that might work together? Well, I think sometimes it is the vibe. And, and then sometimes you know that certain reproduction pieces, you know, they may be, um, you know, maybe they are borrowed from, let's say, a Federalist period or a Rococo period or um, Ball House or whatever. I mean, I think you, you, if, you know, if, sometimes I have to refer to my furniture library or, the, uh-huh. <laughs> or you know, yeah. I, I do, I have those books and, um, and you, you see that certain lines, you know, if it's, if there's a chair that has a splayed um, foot or a tapered leg, you just, you know, you know, like, so if there's a Biedermeier style, like I know, right. you know, like, I think I can mix Biedermeier in the same room as, um, you know, maybe not um, country, but. <laughs> right, right. But, but no, you, I get, it's like building an outfit when you get dressed. I, you I understand so. what works when you put it on. You I put think, it on, you're like, mm, yeah. and, and that's um, not quite and, right yeah. together. And I think sometimes it's just, it's, you know, you, why not mix things through travel? Through, I mean, you can mix sure. pieces mm-hmm. that you, you know, so maybe you have something that has a Moroccan, the Moroccan Latin pattern uh, mixed with that Biedermeier chest. Um, you know, you know, why not? Because I think there's certain, especially from, from the Western world or where, you know, pieces where, where there was, um, certain areas of the world that were colonized, you know, they, I think you have certain styles. I carry over those influences. Over yes. Yes. It's almost like they're cousins, you know, exactly. you know, the, like all of Europe, I feel, um, you know, you, you get, um, Swedish antiques and Italian antiques yes. and French antiques and they're, they're friendly to each other. They're not the same. Exactly. Um, but they, you know, people were traveling around looking at things. They're influenced by them. They go home. They start building furniture. The same thing, like you're saying, with colonization. Exactly. All of that, it eventually it ties itself all together. So you can look sort of visually at those common threads and go, oh, you know, it, they, it they're friends. Work. They yeah. can live together. Exactly. Yes. And, and, and I mm-hmm. like, so let's say, you know, like campaign style. Like, you know, obviously when you, when you think of campaign, I think of a safari, safari decor. Yes. So why not? I mean, you can, I think that you can mix that with other styles in your home. And I think that's what makes it contemporary and right. new. Well, the know. worst thing is when you take one style and fill a whole house with one, it's a one note, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> you know, it just depends on, I, I just like, I, I like to call myself the mix master. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think everyone 
can do that, or I don't think everyone is. It's not the easiest. Great. It's right. not the easiest. Um, uh-uh. And I, th- I think that you just have to find what works for you. What. Mm-hmm what speaks to you and 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 another thing with me i um i feel like i'm a chameleon i mean i see you know i have projects where they're not always my my style but i have mm-hmm. to work with the client and i you know i may infuse uh parts of my aesthetic or my signature within that project but what i think makes each project individualistic and interesting as that the client is shining through or, you know, their, mm-hmm. their art collection that they bring to the project or sometimes pieces that they've had that they've been collecting since they were 20, you know, and now they're 50. So now we, you know, we, we mix it in the space with some new, new pieces. If the client doesn't have a collection, how do you make their personality shine through? So I, you know, I, Part of my process is I, you know, I do have a questionnaire uh, that I bring to the client to kind of, you know, delve into the client's wants and needs and preferences. You know, what type of colors do they like? Do they hate? You know, I have a whole, it's like an eight page questionnaire. So it goes through different furnishing styles. uh, And I ask them, you know, I, I ask them to rate them like, from dislike to to hating to you know neutral being neutral about um, you know what type of colors do they like how do they want to live what are their aspirations how do they do they plan on entertaining um, you know are they homebodies you know you know basically just various yeah. questions to delve in some there are some clients that don't know and I could say that's either that could either be that can either be a blessing or it can be mm-hmm. a, an, an issue or more of a challenge. It could present more of a challenge because when I come across clients that have never, they've never opened up a magazine, they've never opened up a, a home catalog or a, a, a So home just no point of view at all, No right? point of view. So that could be a little challenging because, yeah. so then I have to ask them what they don't like. Because if they don't know, most people don't, if they don't know what they like, they definitely know what they don't like. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you know what I mean? And then, yeah. yeah. So then I have, and then I, you know, I try to go through, cause they may not always find what they like in my cap, in my um, portfolio. So I may have to show them various, um, uh, what do you call it? Like um, images or inspiration images um, that we, mm-hmm. that I can pull from and pull out what they like and then sure then I do the presentation based off of our what I call programming well I think that's the beauty of beautiful things because mm-hmm. if you really love beauty and um and aren't too tunnel vision you can enjoy all of it and love pairing it all together and you don't have to be like oh I only like this era or exactly Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, I don't know if that's, you know, from a business standpoint, <laughs> if that's like the smartest. <laughs> I mean, you see some designers where, you know, you can recognize their rooms like right off the bat. Um, I don't know if that's to our. But I've got to tell you, Keto, like we've had a lot of people on here, really famous people, really normal people. And I would say it's about half and half. You guys interrupt me if you, if you disagree, but half, and half that say, 
like this is my aesthetic and this is what I'm doing. And the other half are I delve into what the client is, who the client is, what they love. And I craft a space that works for them depending on their passion. Um, so no, I don't think you're off base at all. No. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely split. It's definitely split. Yeah. And I, I mean, I have another client, I mean, I was hoping to photograph, uh, part of the project <laughs> but we're now we're in quarantine so I'm I don't know when that will happen this year or hopefully it does but I took her on I mean it was a smaller project it was a, a apartment in Williamsburg but she I mean our styles are so different like I I mean honestly I she has a lot of collections and she inherited some figurines mm-hmm. and collections from her um her mother and and even while working together, like there were some ideas that I'm, I was like, no, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, and she knows that I could say this. Like she, yeah, had some ideas where I was like, that's contrived. You know, I did like, let's, yeah. I was, I'm going to try to steer you in a different direction. Now I would, you know, I, I vocalize it a little differently, uh, but she has, I took it on because one, it was a challenge and I found her to be so, her style to be so abstract. And she's also, a, a, she's a designer. She's a fashion designer. And I thought this will be, I think it's one of my, it's, it's one of the most fun, um, fun projects I've worked on to date because, wow. I, because she is so different. And so it's, it's pushed me mm-hmm. as a designer. And I think it will be a nice addition to, you know, my portfolio. Well, I did notice that you have a lot of um, interesting art in your spaces. And I was curious as to whether that was, it sounds like that was from your clients. And I'm curious how you, I guess maybe specific examples of how you can sort of curate someone's collection in a way that maybe they haven't thought of. And because I think so many of us have things that we you know, got from family or friends, or maybe we even bought a long time ago that we're not in love with anymore, but we don't necessarily want to get rid of. So how can we rethink them in a way that feels more fresh? And well, I, you know, generally I will, you know, there, I don't always uh, select art for my clients unless it is, you know, maybe it's a model home or our staging project um, or the client just doesn't have an art collection uh, than I will, because I think sometimes collecting art is a personal thing. I mean, it's very subjective. And especially if you're, if you're married or if you're a couple, I think you have to, I think you should collect work, artwork over time. Um, and it should speak to your, it, it, it should make, it, it should create like a visceral effect in you, I think. Um, so with that being said, you know, what I do for clients is I may help them more with art placement around the home or, you know, where certain pieces will sit uh, better than others. Now, another thing I have found is, uh, you know, quite a few people do not know how to hang art. Yes. I've gone a lot, I mean, a lot of homes and it's either hung too high um, or hung to like they they hang it's okay they, so what's the rules too yeah, far what are the apart rules? i yes. mean generally i mean i even like i mean i'm like five eight but i mean it's like 
even if you're, I, I can eye it sometimes, but generally if it's like from my height, it would be like maybe 60 inches up from the floor would be like maybe the center of a piece of art. But now if you're doing a gallery wall or a wall that has more than a few pieces, or if you're hanging artwork over a chest of drawers or a um, um, commode or over a bench or something, you know, you can bend the rules, you know? So, I mean, then there are times when you can hang, if you're hanging like three pieces in succession or whatever, you can go a little lower. Uh, so it just, it just, sometimes it just depends on what else is uh, adjacent to the artwork. Right. Uh, but, just, but I just think people just want so much space between a chest or a sofa and a piece of art. Like, no, like four or six inches. Like, get it down there. Get yeah. it lower than you Get think. it lower. And I think like over a sofa, it should be maybe about seven or eight inches above the top of the sofa. Um, another thing. But what about above a bed? I feel like beds are always a hard one um, too. It depends. Like um, over a bed, I'm just off the top of my head. I do not have those measurements, Uh, but I think, and well, the other thing I think for over a bed, I think some people put pieces that are too large. Like I almost rather see, like, let's say you have a four poster bed or a a bed that has post um, post at the um, attached to the headboards. I rather see, a smaller piece of art. Ah, something sort of like off proportion. So it's like yeah, it can be like I don't think it is. The, yeah, but I see some people put artwork that's too. They don't have very much wall space left, and then they have you got the headboard, and then you have this huge piece of art that's fighting with the headboard and fighting with the and fighting with everything else. Uh huh. Um, and another thing I think people can do is you can have you can. It can be asymmetrical. So you can have a sofa and you can have a little piece of art and you can put it over to, you can hang it to the side, but maybe the story reads well with the end table and lamp right. that are next. So right. like, I, I think sometimes you have to I love stacked it. art on the yeah, side. Yeah, like stacked, but yeah. you know, it doesn't have to always be centered over the sofa. Or so think about I mean? it more as a composition. Look at the sofa as a piece of the composition with the art on the wall and the lamp and the side table. Look at that sort of as a one-dimensional plane exactly. and arrange it that way. Exactly. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like sometimes I like it when you, let's say you have a lamp, depending on the size of your lamp, and maybe you have artwork, and then it, maybe it's better to put that artwork above the lamp, and then maybe you put another piece of artwork on the adjacent side flanking Uh the lamp so it creates again a composition so your art is not hidden behind the lampshade I had a I had a friend who I was trying to sort of give her some thoughts on her living room and she had this painting that she and her husband both really liked and they were both you know she said we we really love this we want it to be you know we want to really make it shine the painting was probably you know, two by three feet. Like it wasn't huge, but it wasn't tiny. And so you tell me what your what your thoughts on, on are on this. And maybe I gave her the wrong advice. I don't know. But I was trying to convince her that she should find a wall space that she maybe passes often or it has a really great um, view of it, but a smaller wall. I think her initial thought was, okay, we love this painting. 
we should hang something that we really like above the sofa. But to me, I was just like, this is not a very big piece. It can't carry the sofa. It can't carry a whole blank wall. You need to find a wall that's small. Maybe it's the end of a hallway or, you know, next to your bed, like you're saying, you know, over your nightstand or something, something where it's very visible, but it's the only thing on that wall. On the tiny wall when you walk in a powder room. Exactly. Like, you got everyone's attention right there. This, exactly. You know, this I mean, or it could be in, it. In, the, in the foyer or it could be, like you said, in the powder room or like down the hall or like like I was mentioning earlier, if it works with the rest of the composition, may, uh, with the, so maybe it's not centered, but maybe it's, you know, a piece of a the piece, puzzle. A piece of the puzzle, but mm-hmm. but moved over to the. You know, I just I would. You know, it's like you would, I would have to see the space to really right. To, right. to know. But usually, when I'm working with clients, like I will, I don't hang my own artwork anymore. I work with uh, my art handlers to do that, um, and you know, we'll walk around and we just we fill it. We fill the space out, and we you, you just know where something feels right and where it, it, it doesn't feel right. So when you're doing that, have you already placed all of the furniture? It's all ordered, it's all delivered, or do you do that? Like when in the process are you having someone come I help? I think that that's important. If you're, if, especially if you know you're going to have like a table or a console table on a wall or something like that, then that's when you should keep that in mind. Or if you don't, at least know the height of your, of your table. So if you don't have it there physically, just know, like tape it off, know the height, and then you can go ahead and, and hang that artwork. Okay. Okay. That is an amazing service to me. An art yes. hanger, handler. 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 I just want someone who's a handler for everything I have. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, the best, and actually yeah. the best art handlers, they tend to be artists themselves. You know, a lot, ah. of, time, a lot of times it's like a sense. side gig. It's just something they do, you know. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was. Well, they, have, they have them up here. I don't know if they have. They have them in, in, in New York City. So, yeah, a lot of designers probably don't hang their own. Well, partner. no. Did you know that Miles Red partner, David Kaihai? Were you just, just going to say that? That's how they met. <laughs> David Kaihai was his art handler, would hang all of his mm-hmm. art, and he was an artist. Yes. And now they're partners and now they're in their partners. design firm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of art, and a lot of artists make like some of the, uh, best designers because yeah do, well i think you know you have an eye for a, you have an eye yeah. for color composition mm-hmm. um yes. layout, every, everything the composition thing i think when i was talking about you know looking at your space as a one-dimensional space i think that it, it, it translates so if you're a graphic designer or a um a, a textile designer or a, an artist in any way i think if you if you can conceive of something um in that, you know, that flat dimension, then you can project it onto the room. Exactly. I don't know. Exactly. Maybe. Maybe. Exactly. <laughs> no, I think you're right. Exactly. I, it's 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 a different skill set, but they're so related that it probably is easy to pick up. Yes, mm-hmm. they are. You know. Exactly. Although I think our number one question we get asked a lot is proportion and scale in a room. Furniture, that what size should it be? How big should the rug be? You know, how do we how do I, I make all of these I things work together proportionately? I think that's something people get wrong too. And yes, it's hard. I think there's that there's this myth that you have to use smaller furniture. Like so I you know, for for me, my apartment's not huge. Um but 
if you walk in, I mean, it's the the place is full <laughs> and I have a lot of furniture, you know, more than like what some people may do or, or, or have, but I think it makes the place look bigger. You know, I think some people use, I think what happens is the, the, the less furniture you use, or if it's too, um, uh, diminutive, uh, it's, it makes the space look small. And another thing that people, some people don't keep in mind is like, when you, when you're thinking of a space, think of it in cubic feet, cube, it's a, it's a cube. Think of it in linear and cubic square feet. Um, so don't forget the wall. Don't forget the fifth wall. Don't forget, like, think about built-ins or, or bookcases. Well, what's the fifth wall? That's the ceiling. Ceiling. Oh, come okay. on, Karen. Yes. No. <laughs> okay. Lord. All right. Ceiling. Yes. Yours might be the floor. We're not sure. Uh, it might be. Might be. I don't know. <laughs> For the fifth dimension. <laughs> it might be outside those four walls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I was going to ask about... Um, you have a lot in your portfolio of your, what I'm assuming is your first step, which is your little inspiration, I don't know, boards. Oh, yes, yes. What do you what do you call them where you have your perfect little fabrics laid out with your beads and like, and they always look just so inspirational. I know. And they're not so much a first step. I kind of do this the first step is not so I mean but I do when I do presentation like it's funny when I first started in the business I would do these um these meticulous like board presentations and they would be these huge like uh 30 by 20 board presentations and I would use uh what do you call that batting I would take the fabric and the batting and I would pin it under and I, I these board they were you know I could have sold them um and then I realized why am I doing all of this because a meet you know when you meet with clients it's it should be a working meeting so I mean you're going to be pulling out swatches I mean I do still come to meetings with first choices and maybe that second choice will be in the back you know I don't like to overwhelm the clients with um too many option A's B's and C's but um, yeah, so now it really is, you know, I may you know, bring my white, little white um, boxes, presentation boxes, and then you lay your fabrics and your materials out. But it's a working meeting because sometimes you, the client wants to see if, if something doesn't resonate with them, then you pull from the swatch and, and, and swatch pile and bring something else in. But yes, but that those, I love doing... I just kind of do those like, you know, afterwards or in, you know, in between, because I think it's fun. I think people like seeing kind of like the recipe board. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I love to see them because I think when you're most, you know, a designer is going to take a photo of the room and they're trying to get maybe not the whole room, but a good portion of the room. But you know, the wonderful thing about textiles is how they look and feel up close. And you just really can never get a feel for that when you're shooting a whole room. And the whole room you obviously need because you want to see the sofa with the art and the drapery and the, there's so many elements. But I love those fabric 
compositions because you can really tell the nubbiness and the beautiful details of a hand printed, you know, block print or whatever. So you, you could really get into what the fabrics look like. And you know, the funny thing is I may have to do, like so I said, I do some of those like afterwards, but now that we are in this new world of, you know, virtual meetings and, and having to do virtual presentations, um, that may be actually a good idea. So to just to take close-ups of the, you know, presentations of people, so the client can see the nubbiness or the texture of the um, mm-hmm. boucle or whatever, the chenille or whatever uh, type of fabric. Yeah. Ladies, I wonder if we should do a decorating dilemma. I feel like we might. Yeah. We've been rambling. Not you. We have been rambling. (laughs) No, we're talkers, girl. Me too. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Hey, y'all. I love the show and have been a fan since the start, especially during this quarantine. It's been a fun listen to lighten the mood. I have a design pickle that I need help on. There's a corner in my living room that drives me nuts. I have put chairs, plants, baskets, tables, you name it, in the spot and nothing seems to work. Our house was built by a single guy 20 years ago and he had it laid out to be all about the TV and the sound system. And Karen, you will have my back on the cord crisis. It's obnoxious how many wires and sockets and bright orange cords and control boxes need to be hidden. It's the worst. <laughs> Why do they I make could- orange cords? This is the question I have. I don't, or bright blue. We have these all over my, our office. Why? Why do they even make them? Sorry, go ahead. To bother you. <laughs> I currently have an El Cheapo recliner over there to appease my husband, but it does not have to stay in an antique game table just because. The corner is next to the Ballard Slim Chadwick and Tuscan Brown. A window is also in this corner and I have a neutral buffalo check drapery panel. The fireplace is on the other side of the window and a brown and neutral brick with large white mantle and a gold fireplace screen is a Ballard outlet deal. I do have art there, but again, it can be moved. I have a bird print set and a mirror on the other side of the room, so that's the only thing I can't repeat. The rest of the room is a linen sofa, two spindle chairs, the Ballard Felicity coffee table, my most favorite purchase ever. I have the table too. I love it. I have side tables. An antique rug on top of a border's sisal. My pillow fabrics are Schumacher, Miles Red, Peacock Aqua, and a Ballard Designs Antelope Needlepoint pillow. Girl, you got good stuff. That's good. Love the, the idea of a lamp chairs and somewhere to put a drink, maybe an ottoman or a footstool to prop feet, totally up into a fun print color or even Bunny Williams faux fiddly fig tree. Y'all are the experts. I need help. And all the suggestions and ideas are so appreciated. I've attached pics and measurements. Y'all, I'm not going to go through all the measurements because I don't right. really think it cares to hear that, but um, we do I have do them. That she gave us measurements, which helps so much. Yes. And I'm just going to briefly visually describe her room while you guys process what she should be doing. Because it does not look bad, y'all. It looks, no, it looks amazing. Good, right? It's a good looking room. I, I, I can kind of understand her frustration. I think that she's just trying to figure out the final details of it. But it looks sort of to be a long, not super long, but a, a rectangle, of course, as most rooms are, uh, living room space on one of the short walls. There's a fireplace centered. To the right of the fireplace is a door. To the left of the fireplace is a window. Um, then um, on the opposite wall, looking at that fireplace, are two sort of spool spindle chairs looking directly into the fireplace. They're gray. They have white cushions. They look great. Then on the long wall, 
She has a, a whitish sofa with some pretty little spa colored pillows. And then on the opposite wall, she has a TV media armoire. It looks to be fairly shallow. It's a dark color, so a dark brown. Um, and then in the corner by the fireplace, she has a sort of a tufted, it looks to be a recliner in a taupey color. Um, and there's a, a table sort of jammed in, I'm just using that word, jammed in right there next to that recliner that's too big. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's a pretty room. So, all right, fix all of her problems. Go. I like, I like, I agree with you guys. I think that she has done a really great job of, of pulling it together uh, thus far. Um, my, I would just say off the bat, I don't even need the measurements. The recliner and the antique table, both they both can't sit in that. They both cannot occupy that space. So I would say definitely, you know, and I love the fact that she's like, the recliner can go. <laughs> I love it when a, I love it when a client says that. We don't have to keep that. Uh, so I would definitely nix that piece. I can understand why she put. Now I, I love an I love mixing antique in with with new uh, reproduction furniture. Furniture. So I understand why she put the antique game table game table um, flanking the uh, armoire. And I can't believe is that armoire a TV cabinet? Yeah. It is. Okay. Uh, but I, it seems that the wiring, it seems like the, the wiring for the TV is instead of being placed behind the TV, which would have made sense, it's to the, <laughs> the side. Well, it's like the modem or something is there. Tucked yeah, in the and corner. it looks like yeah. the modem. So what I, like, what I would probably do in this room, and I can't really see the entire room, like what's on the other side of those spindle chairs. But um, if I was her, if she wants to go symmetrical, I would uh, take the antique table, the game table out, maybe move that to some other area in the home. See if she can find um, a like flanking, uh, a, like a, a media cabinet. So some type of cabinets with doors that also have ventilation that she can hide or, you, you know, whatever components may need to go in, you know, to hide these wiring so she can, you know, you know, the type of cabinets that have the back where the back can um, be taken off. Sure. You know what I mean? Cord, like something with like cord, cord management. Cord management. Thank you. Um, so something like that, maybe she can find two pieces that would flank the, the armoire uh, just for uh, symmetry. But if she doesn't want to uh, just find something that would replace the game table. And then on the other side of the armoire where she has that smaller artwork, I think that she needs two pieces of art. So I would probably take the, the piece that she has and then maybe add a smaller piece just to fill that space up right now because it looks a little empty. Um, do you see that ah, picture? It looks a not balanced. Well, it sure. Is, it's just not balanced. The, the one on yeah. the left tiny and the one on the right is a little larger and it's got deeper colors. And it has So it's holding more weight yeah. than the one on the left. And then yes. I know she didn't ask uh -huh. for that, but I would probably uh, bring in some accessories, maybe some um, uh, vases or escaping, like a, a armoire escape on top of uh, the armoire. And... What else? But she could keep a chair there. Well, let me can I, let me just ask you a well, few things. Well, I would do either Kina. one, the chair or the or the table. Either or. Yes. But do you? All right. Two things. 
<laughs> maybe three or four. So the the uh, as I'm looking at this shot that she has uh, straight on of the armoire with the game table to the right and the art over it and then the small art to the left and nothing under it. I it, to me in my mind she could put like a small little something under that art on the left, um, but the the two brown pieces don't look great to me together. You know what I'm saying? Like a, a brown table and a brown armoire, like they, they're not really matching, but they're not really not matching. Um, you know, she, and it, I don't, it could be, I mean, so like I, you know, if it was me, I would probably do either two uh, matching pieces flanking the armoire and they could be black. They could be a lighter color because well, one, I think black, black and navy ground the space. So I think every room should have some, piece of black in it so whether it be you know the legs of a the base of some furniture or whether it be like a lampshade or um something a, a frame around a picture like every room should have a little bit of black in it um so yeah for me i would either go with two flanking pieces either it can be in a lighter wood or in a like a black just so it's not right. matching. So I agree with you. I wouldn't do brown. I wouldn't do mm-hmm. brown all the way across. And if um, you don't flank it with uh, symmetrical pieces, then I would do. I mean, the other thing she could do, she wants to keep the chair in the corner, get rid of the that table, get rid of the game table and then put some type. I know she she said that she tried a plant, but maybe she can get like a plant with a, in a basket. That will hide all. Can of she that shove wire? the cords in that basket? Yeah. yeah, she could shove the cords in the basket, and then yeah. maybe put like, like a, a plant, plant in there. In there, and then that would like flank the the, the table. Let me ask let me ask a question. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, who is that? you know this is this is my first. This is always my first question. Can we call the electrician and have him move this cords because you have an entire cabinet right here that is literally designed to hide all of those cords. I realize that that's not necessarily the most affordable option, but I don't know. For me, I just feel like if there's a problem, I want to make, I want to just fix it the fastest, best way to fix it. I don't want to be constantly trying to, yeah, work you know, around it. constantly spending a hundred dollars here, a hundred dollars there trying to fix something that's just never going to be right. I'd rather just go ahead and call the electrician and have him move the darn thing behind the television. Well, plus it, it it, I can't quite tell what's really running to the television other than a one white electrical cord. There's this big, giant mass of stuff. And I use the word modem, which I think is a 20-year-old word. I don't even think modems exist anymore. <laughs> it could be. That but could be like a, a router. Uh, it's a uh, router. Is it a router? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's what that is. Or is it a and so, uh, It could be. That. I don't, I don't know. know. But again... You could also shove it under the chair. Like I feel like there's like Carolyn has you have your trick of you line you, you put a pile it, of books yeah. and you put it in your pile of books. Like there's a million ways to hide that's, all that's that true. junk. But I but we do know the, the table and the chair, they both of those pieces no. cannot sit there. Correct. Yeah. And, and she says in her question that she doesn't she'd put that chair there, I mean that table there just as a test. Right. It's not something that she actually right. likes. And I um, do okay. like the idea of a chair there. I think that extra seating there is a good thing. And But a little round table next to it, um, you know, to hold a drink and to cover up 
the cords. <laughs> See, I don't even mind this chair. If it were yeah. me, I would just put a teeny tiny table for one like drink, drink and like a great floor lamp. Yeah, like or a really yeah. fabulous floor tree. lamp that you absolutely mm-hmm. love. And I would move all those cords, put them in the cabinet, call yeah, your electrician. I think if you that's have a good idea today. too. Just or stick them behind cap, your drapery. Cap, cap that off. Yes, yes. And another thing I was like, I think like that painting that she has on the wall, I love that little bit of uh, the blue from the water. I like, cause you know, I like to bring, obviously, you know, I like color um, and her room is very neutral, but I think maybe a pop of that blue in a pillow somewhere else in the, in the room, yeah. you know, and maybe, and maybe even-, even switching the two pieces of art because the bigger piece that has more density to it is in the corner. And like we said, the other smaller piece that's sort of lighter and has less uh, lighter values is out. And maybe you take the heavier one out into the room and the lighter one into the more densely populated corner where you have a chair and a side table. And especially if you end up like adding in a floor lamp or a a table or something else, a plant over there. Yeah, I think it might just be a little, get to be a little heavy and busy. Right. Right. Yeah. The small one will just be a piece of that composition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is probably the one and only time that I will say that you shouldn't get rid of the recliner <laughs> because I actually think it looks kind of good here. Yeah, it's I don't, not bad. It's a no, good it's scale a, it's a, yeah, it's for the corner, scale. right? It's a little taller than the sofa, which is nice. It's a pretty it's good, good looking recliner. Yeah. No, I can't. Yeah, so. it's not bad. I'd say it's something round. Like you have a little round table between your other two chairs, something round, small and round by that chair. Yeah, like a little, drink, just like a little it. drink table. Now the other thing, I little can't, like I said, table. I can't see the rest of the room. So I love, like, I do like the gingham draperies that she has, but I wish that either we could bring that gingham somewhere else in the room or, now I know she can't do the draperies around the door because that wouldn't really work, but I'm wondering if she, you know, could have maybe brought in a Roman shade in that same above the door, above the, the door yeah. with the same because it just just to balance it out a little bit because from like right. I said I can't see the rest make of the, the same room. height as the drapery yeah, exactly mm-hmm. exactly and she may have that somewhere else do lumbars maybe in the spool chairs of the she could do that buffalo, too which would be nice but other than that but like you said you know, reiterate the pattern a little bit more around the room yes and it, and if she, why couldn't she just put the same drapery over the door well that's true if you did it on the outside the frame you could still exit i think that it looks like that might be an outlet i can't tell if that's a wall outlet uh flanking the fireplace next to the door um oh light switch yeah yeah, it looks Mm -hmm. like a light not an outlet a light switch and then the yeah it may and then and then the draperies would hide the handles of um it would just be a little cumbersome like when you're opening the door Mm-hmm. But a Roman shade, I think you could even buy one of the drapery panels and have it made into a Roman shade. Exactly. Exactly. Just, I just think it just needs, it just will make the room feel a little bit more finished. And, you know, I think those Buffalo check, uh, if she bought these from Ballard, we also have matching pillows, um, the panels, the Buffalo check, mm-hmm. which I think would pair beautifully on the sofa with the throw pillow she has there that is sort of a bird print um, behind the bird print to layer in a Buffalo check pillow behind each of those pillows, I think would really be fabulous. Yes, I think so. Just need it because I love the Buffalo check. I mean, she's done, you know, a really great job of, she's got a pattern on the, on the, uh, 
rug. Did she say the rug was an antique rug on top of a, or was it just a patterned rug on top of the the uh, the jute rug? That was four minutes ago. An antique rug on top of a border <laughs> Yeah, so I love the, the bit of antique. Um, so, so she's got pattern with the gingham. She's got pattern on the rug. And then, of course, you've got pattern from the brick fireplace. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got great style. She has great style. She mm-hmm. just need just a few more tweaks just to finish it off. And, and it's great. I love it. Love it. Thank you, Lauren. Yes, thank you, Lauren. Yeah, that was the prettiest dilemma ever. <laughs> right? Barely. She pretty much wrote in. Is that an yeah. easy dilemma compared to... Yes. She said, oh, yeah. pretty much look at my cue room. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think she really sent it just so she could show off. Mm-hmm. It, it worked. All of her great Ballard finds. Good hey, job. I like <laughs> okay, Akita, can you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work? All that good stuff. Yes. So you can find me at KeitaTurnerDesign.com. So that's K-E-I-T-A-T-U-R-N-E-R-D-E-S-I-G-N.com. Or, and you can also find me at Instagram at the same name, Kita Turner Design. And you can Google. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm right in Google. Google. You okay. can find me. Yes. You have a whole pillow line called Livy and Neva. And Neva, yes. Now tell me where that name came from. Okay, so well, that comes from my great grandmothers, who I've I have never met either one of them. So my uh, one of my my paternal grandmother was named Olivia or Ollie, and then my maternal great grandmother was named Geneva. So I shortened them and made them, you know, I just thought that a kind of a short nickname would be a cuter, um, more palatable, uh, you know, name for a company. So it's, so I was inspired by actually my grandmothers, even though I named it after my great grandmothers, who, who uh, one of them, Olivia was actually from, she was immigrated. Don't know why and don't quite know how, but she's actually from Papua New Guinea. Wow. Yeah. And she came here in, I believe it was eight, the 1890s uh, and landed and ended up in Kansas City. So that's where my dad is from. And so I have Pacific Islander um, blood running through me, which is fascinating. And I've actually never been to Papua New Guinea. I know it shares an island with Indonesia, I think. I'm, I'm I don't correct. know. Geography, if I'm correct, I think so. I, I, I know. <laughs> I got, I'd have to Google that. <laughs> I believe so. And then my uh, my mother's great grandmother was African American and, and Native American. So, and she died wow. very, 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 very young. Um, so I just, you know, I am one of those people who is, I look to the past. I kind of have an old soul in a sense. And I, you know, definitely believe that the blood of our ancestors runs through us more than we know. So I'm, I'm fascinated by that. And then on my, my, my maternal grandmother was named Catherine and she was a very educated woman. She both, she and my maternal grandfather were both very educated with three and four degrees each. And then my, yeah, so they, and then they, they went to school together. They traveled and sent the kids to the farm while they were getting their education. Uh, but my grandmother ended up being a home economics teacher at my grandfather. My grandfather was the principal 
of the school in Georgia. So, uh, and my grandmother was a home economics teacher for for years until she retired. And and then on my dad's side, my uh, paternal grandmother um, was na- I'm actually named after my middle name, which I don't always share. <laughs> Uh, but I might as well. T- it's my middle name is Lucille, which I know. I don't feel like that's I don't cute feel name. Like, I look at Lucille, but it's an old-fashioned name. <laughs> it is, but it's very in vogue. I, I like know, it. but maybe I do look like a Lucille. <laughs> so yeah, so and she loved to. She was a member of several clubs, women's club, and she loved the color pink, which which I don't, <laughs> but she loved the color. Pink. So I um. It was inspired by them. When my grandmother, my maternal grandmother passed away, uh, I, you know, I helped my mother. I went down with my mom and my dad to kind of pack things up. And we went through a lot of her things. And I came across loads and loads of fabric, loads and loads of unused fabric, unfinished sewing projects. And as you know, I guess, as you guys know, I used to be a, a fashion designer. So I was like, what can I do with all of this? So that sparked the the curiosity and the love and wanting to get back to designing product. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, I love being an interior designer, but it takes longer to finish projects. I mean, projects. You can be working on a project anywhere from three months to six months to five years, just depending mm-hmm. on when you start the project, the scope of the project and, and the budget. So I wanted something that was tangible that I could get my hands back on and, or put my hands on and create, you know, mm-hmm. and something that was usable, you know, that, that everybody could possibly use. Um, right. And yeah. so anyway, so that's how, that's how it started. I love the way they have almost dressmaker details or, uh, you know, it's hard, but they just, they do feel almost like, I don't know. Yeah. They, it's obvious. They're fashion yeah, I think because of my fashion background, my, uh, my, one of my thoughts was that I wanted to design this collection or these collections going forward as if they were a, um, a fashion collection that would be going, run, walking down the runway. So I may have, you know, my blacks, my blues, my blue collection, my purple collection. So I, you don't know, but I have a storage unit. I have a 10 by 10 storage unit in New Jersey that is just (laughs) full of boxes of fabrics. (laughs) I have some here in my apartment in New York City, but, you know, one day I would love to actually have a, a larger office. You know, I probably will have to move out of New York where I can actually see them because only the only problem is they are in boxes. So I have to go there and pull them out. And I like rummage through, through, but I like to play with them. And like, so one of like some of the pillows that I have currently, like uh, I think two of the pillows are from some kerchiefs that my grandmother had never used kerchiefs. And I was like, these are very different. And they, sort of reminded me of Etro. I don't know if you're familiar with the fashion label Etro, but very, like a lot of pattern and just very bold pattern. So I wanted to go busy with those. And um, then there's a pillow on there. I think I, I, well, there's another pillow called Girls Love Pearls, which that was just made out of a scarf that I found. Um, I don't believe that was my, that wasn't my grandmother's. That was actually something I found from a, an antique shop. 
But I'm also looking for textiles and fabrics that will translate well into home furnishings. So, because everybody, everything won't um, uh, do so. Are these all one of a kind? Most of them are. So if I only have one scarf, you know, obviously it will be one of a kind, but I also may have table linen. So it's funny when I'm sometimes rummaging or going or visiting vintage shops or antique malls, some of the vendors will be like, so what are you, what are you going to use this for? (laughs) So I used to be, I used to be kind of tight lipped because, you know, everybody was like, this is a really great idea. And I'm, I'm, I'm not the first one to do, to make pillows out of scarves or vintage textiles. Everybody's unique. I mean, I have my uniqueness, which is, you know, no one can do what I do, which is, you know, no one can do what Ballard does or no one can do what the next designer does. So I'm, you know, I'm not so worried about other people getting in this lane or or whatever, because yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But table, so if I use table linens, which a lot of people stop using. People use paper napkins. You know, we don't have the same type of- Don't even of, get us on that. I know. Yeah. We, don't, we don't have the same type of fancy lifestyles where, I mean, some people still do, but what I found is a lot of the vendors are like, you know, here, have them. Like people aren't really using them. So it was my way to also upcycle. Um, mm-hmm. I believe in- I believe that it also saves our planet. It saves our earth. I think we have so, I mean, if you travel around the USA and you visit a lot of these antique malls, which a lot of them have taken over dead shopping malls, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and in America, we have an abundance of whether you call it junk or discarded product. Yeah, that needs true. to be, you know, I'd rather it be recycled into something that's fun and usable than mm-hmm. thrown, you know, either thrown away or thrown in a landfill. So, okay, outside of uh, Antique Mall and then the pieces that you took from your grandmother's house, where, where, where does one find vintage textiles? So, well, online, there are, a, you know, a lot of vendors, so whether it be Etsy or First Dibs or or Ruby, it's Ruby Lane. I believe that's the name of the antique, uh, online antique um, vendor. eBay. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, so, um, but estate sales. And I've even, I've even gotten to the point where some of my girlfriends who are in the fashion industry are like, I have some material yes. from, so people are starting to give, yes. give me material. Yes. <laughs> That's really cool. Yes. Isn't yeah. That, yeah, they're yeah. like, I, 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 I can't use this anymore. Would you like this? Uh, so people have a very giving spirit in that sense. I think some of the most interesting fabrics that I've actually found, I've also looked for bolts of fabric. So from mm, right. fabric mills, because we, as we know too, America used to produce a lot of fabrics. We used to have more fabric mills. I mean, we used to produce a lot, but a lot of manufacturing has gone. So I have come across bolts of fabric, unused bolts of fabric. And then on the selvage, you know, it will say either, you know, who the designer was, what year it was made. Uh, I even found a, a fabric by, designed by Lawrence Peabody, who was kind of a renowned architect uh, based out of Massachusetts. And I looked him up. So while I'm at the mall, I'm like Googling, thank God for my phone. 
And then I found out that he was this uh, well-known, renowned architect, mid-century architect, and his furnishing pieces, his furniture uh, is sold on first dibs and for a lot of money. And then he had a licensing deal with Sears Roebuck and Company, which is, you know, I can't, I don't know if they're still around, if they're gone, but are they, they are still, still around, around, but not in the same, but they used to sell not the same. fabrics and, you know, like, it's just, you, it's, it's almost nostalgia in the sense of what America used to be in terms of jobs, in terms of people being able, you know, proud of, um, proud of what they have, you know, what they've done or proud of um, being able to bring home the bacon and, and having these thriving communities um and back when people sewed and back when people <laughs> sewed exactly yes. another there cool thing about be, that they would be bolts of fabric you know there'd be sewing departments yes. in yes. a lot true. of course a lot of things yes and the other the other cool thing about the the fabric i found is he went to rhode island school of design yeah. and that's my Aww. that's my alma mater yeah. so there nice. was a connection i haven't we haven't made those pillows yet but that will be part of the story. So everything has to have a story. And even um, back in 2019, I uh, participated in a kind of like a maker's uh, reveal or a maker's shopping, one day shopping event for for patrons as well as media. And uh, the editor, Wendy Goodman, uh, she came. she's the editor of New York Magazine. She spoke to me and I was kind of introducing her to my line and same thing you guys are doing, asking me questions about it. And she suggested that she goes, why don't you show pictures of your grandmothers? Why don't you need to build a story around it? Like involve and show pictures of your grandmothers, maybe in their homes, maybe sewing or something that, and I said, you know, I never thought of that. And you're right. I do need to, because that is part of the story. And Oh, for sure. Yes. It, well, it makes it feel so, um, it makes one feel so connected, you know, and it makes it so much more than a pillow. When you exactly. look at it closely and you hear the story, then it's suddenly very special. Yes. Yes. So I'm still working on that. I think I, I need a copywriter to help me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's yeah. part of the beauty in them is like Karen was saying, it's a, there's a story. You're getting a nugget of history. You're not, it's not a pillow. It's you not just a pillow. Did, you're right. Yes. You're, you're literally, there's history there. There's, there's history. Something and it's not just my grandmother. It's, you know, and I don't want people, you know, some people may think, oh, grandmothers, it's old fashioned. And there, there are a lot of florals right now because that is, you know, during that period, you do, you do, did see right. a lot of florals and, and funky prints like that. But there will be a range of, I mean, if you saw my box of, of fabrics, you know, <laughs> there will be a range of, of different looks that will fit all kinds of aesthetics. But I believe that it's every grandmother that's whose story is being told mm-hmm. through this line. So how often are you going to add to the line? So I would, you know, I'm in, I'm working on that. <laughs> I, <laughs> the plan is to probably have maybe 10 to 12 new offerings each season, you know, spring and spring, summer, and fall, winter. Uh, so that is the plan. And the plan is to also, you know, I'm, I've started out with pillows uh, because I find that pillows provide, you know, support. They provide comfort. They provide, you know, a, a, 
a prop to rest your head on or to rest your arms on, especially in these in these days. But uh, but I would like to move into other soft furnishings, you know, later on, like yeah. throws and and also introduce more than just introducing more than just one of a kind or limited edition, because obviously I can't scale my business with just one of a kind and limited editions. But I thought this was sometimes you have to work with what you have. And that is something that is also very American um, and also very, you know, as a black woman, also very black American. Sometimes you have to work with what you have, you know, until you can get where, until you can get to another, another point. Um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about this um, Black American Designers Guild, because we talked a little bit about it on the phone. And I think that especially with everything that's happening, people would probably love to hear more about it. And um, yes, if you wanted to so, maybe yeah. give us some people we should follow. Yeah, so it's uh, so it's called uh, Black Artists and Designers Guild. And it was conceived by my girlfriend, Melanie Barnett, who is a... Uh, a textile artist and ceramicist. So she was uh, first known for designing rugs and textiles, and then she's moved into becoming a, a ceramicist and, and sculptor, sculptors, or I don't know how you call it, sculptor uh, artist. So like a lot of, it, the, the group was brought about not to be divisive or not to, you know, say, you know, divide us from other artists. Uh, because I, at the end of the day, we are all artists and creative, you know, without that hyphenated name. But sometimes in America, when you are excluded, um, it, it kind of came about because a lot of us were complaining. We weren't, being, you know, our work is not being publicized. It's not being shown. You don't, you know, it's hard. You know, people say, well, I didn't even know there were Black designers. You know, I've never, I didn't know so many of you guys existed. Well, you won't if we're if we are not highlighted. If we are not, you know, America is very diverse and even more so now, you know. And I think brands and media, they have to really start to think about their audience and who they, you know, who what audiences they are missing um, as well. But bad came about as a form for us to express our craft, express our art, and to bring it to... So if, if, if nobody else was going to do it for us, in other words, we had to, yeah. to do it for ourselves. And, and that's... Shine a light on it. We had to shine a light on it ourselves. Um, so, and, that, and we have a lot of... I'm, I'm actually a founding member. So I don't know if you, if you go to the landing page of Bad Guild... Um, I think the website is badguild.info. And so you will find a category, and it's still growing, but you will find categories of architects, interior designers, textile artists, um, and furniture makers. And it's global. So it's not, it's not just in America. It's from around the, the world. Yeah, I spent some time on the Instagram this weekend, and it was so much fun. Like there's just, there's such a variety and um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. So yes, yes. I, thank you for introducing no, it no, to me. You're welcome. I mean, as far as like, intro, I mean, I like one of my, and I will just say my, my buddy, he's my design buddy. I, he, we call each other. I'm like his big sister and he's like my little brother <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, and he's one of my best 
friends is Corey Damon Jenkins, which I'm sure a lot of people know who he is, but I'm very proud of him. And I know he has a book coming out with Rizzoli soon. Uh, So I'm very excited um, to see that. Um, But other than that, I really would tell people to Google. You know, I, I don't necessarily really want to do the work for everybody. I think that people should just Google, you know, black designers or Google or go to some of these, you know, links that I'm telling you about. So whether it's Black Interior Designers Network or uh, Black Artists and Designers Guild, and there are many more, you know. But I mm-hmm. think that, and also just start following, you know, diversify your your Instagram or your social, your feeds. Yeah, because it's no different than the way we, you know, we have to find, you know, people. So I think everybody, we have to do the work. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. And I got to say, Google ain't that hard, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's like, yeah. no. unfortunately, we, we, can you can, we can do it. We can do it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Great advice. Well, Kita, thank thank you, you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you for we love chatting the first time and, and this time, too. And I love you. I love <laughs> you, ladies. I mean, you guys have a really great energy and I, I just appreciate everything you're doing. Well, thanks for yes. coming back. No, thank yes. you. And, and keep releasing pillows. Oh, thank yes. you guys. You'll see more. I mean, thanks for. I mean, it's give it's putting uh, giving me a kick in the butt. So, <laughs> I like it. Wow. Well, at some point, we're going to make that New York trip happen. Yes, so I can't when wait we do, to meet you guys. We're going to get a drink or something. That's right. Definitely. We'll see you in person. Yes. We deserve one. We do. After this year, <laughs> yeah, every New Yorker does. I mean, oh my god. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right, everybody. That is our show. Thank you for listening. You can send in your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Don't forget to leave us a review in your podcast app and check out the show notes at howtodecorate.com slash podcast. Don't forget to enable the how to decorate skill in your Amazon account so you can listen to us from your Alexa and follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And until next time, happy, happy decorating, decorating me. me.